Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Kevin Shoemaker, EHS Solution Engineer for EHS Hero, about using technology to improve EHS compliance. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Kevin Shoemaker, EHS Solution Engineer for EHS Hero. How's it going, Kevin? Doing well, doing well. How are you, Jay? I'm good. It's good to talk to you again. Um, and today, I wanted to talk to you about... Uh, using technology to help with EHS compliance. Um, but first I wanted to just, I mean, I know who you are, but for anybody who doesn't, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do for uh, EHS Hero. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an engineer by education and by trade and by license. I'm a licensed professional engineer, so I uh, have been working in the construction and engineering and safety field for about the last 32 years. So have a little bit of experience, a little bit of gray hair associated with all that work. But uh, I've been the guy in the field uh, using these tools as well as the guy that's been developing and creating the tools and then trying to, you know, explain them to people that are trying to put them, you know, to use to save time and energy. Mm-hmm. So, um, Well, let's talk about compliance. What do you see as the biggest challenges that businesses face with EHS compliance? I think I think one of the b- bigger challenges is if you look at the rate at which things are changing. So if you if you watch the you know the notifications that are coming out, even out of our out of the uh, you know the regulatory activity, there there's anywhere f- you know from fifty to sixty items that are going to come out on a weekly basis. Just five business days, mm-hmm. there's going to be that many changes occurring, and it's really difficult for a team of people to stay on top of that. If they don't have some tools at their fingertips, uh, I think I think you need to equip your your EHS team with tools. Uh, and when I say tools, I mean technology tools that will help them, you know, uh, remain in compliance. I just had a call this last week with a Fortune 100 company where they were talking about the fact that they used to have five years ago they had a almost 200 software solutions they were working with mm-hmm. as a company and now they're between 20 and 30. Mm-hmm. So I also think there's going to be a lot of uh, people wanting to consolidate because yeah. they realize they can't really support that many tools and in, in keep them operating. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is. And you got to realize, oh, I got to make sure my payments are current so it doesn't get shut off. I got to right you know, deal with all those different vendors supplying me and, and making sure that they're staying current uh, so we don't fall behind ourselves. It's just, it's a it's not a good place to be. And, you know, when we talk about compliance, obviously, you know, you think of OSHA, but there's so many other regulators. You've got your state regulators, uh, you know, you've got EPA and-, and County, yeah, air county. districts, water districts. Yeah. I mean, all of those apply. I mean, EPA, DEQ. Uh, FDA for food safety. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to eat food that's been contaminated. So uh, there's there's just a lot of compliance things out there now that people, the businesses have to be on top of. How has uh, EHS compliance changed since you first got into the field? Or is it just more to, to worry about now? Or is it, or has it always kind of been that way? I think there's more to worry about now. And it's they have ways of catching up with you quicker. I mean, um, and, and 
there, there's more tools to help you these days too. I mean, when, when I first went to the American Society of Safety Engineers Conference uh, back in 2004, we went and had a booth there and, you know, I could count on one hand the number of software companies that were offering solutions back then. Mm-hmm. When I went to the latest show, there was over 100 wow. software companies at the same. It's now ASSP, American Society of Safety right. Professionals, instead of engineers. They changed the name during that time period. But, you know, there there's a lot of companies out there. And according to the ASSP folks, almost 60 of those probably won't be back the next year. Oh, wow. So that. You know, either they've been bought by somebody or they are out of business because they're so it, it, I think it's important to have some staying power and important to have some, you know, some history to, to prove that you, you know, have some stick to in your business and your business planning. So you're not just a, a short term solution. Yeah. And, you know, talk a little bit about sort of how, uh, you know, software can help you. Uh, ensure compliance with uh, with all those regulators you know is it you know i know that obviously you know you're hyping you know the software that you develop but is it just in general you know how how does that kind of ehs software uh you know kind of work to you know keep track of all this stuff and, and help you comply as opposed to the other ways people have done it over the years well i think I think the thing is you can you can distill it down so you can get the part that really applies to you. So, you know, I don't need to see everything that OSHA is releasing or the DEQ is releasing. I just need to see the part that affects me. And when you can get either somebody else to, you know, to kind of distill that down into, you know, digestible bites, it's like the old saying, you can't eat a whale because you're going to gag on it. It's going to kill you. <laughs> but you can eat a whale if you eat it one bite at a time. You know? <laughs> right. So you got to get things down into bite-sized pieces. You got to get things, you know, where you can handle them and they're manageable. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. You know, OSHA's got a, a quite a number of record-keeping requirements associated with different uh, statutes they've got out there. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't have a system that helps you track that, that's very, that's a lot of stuff to keep track of manually and you know as you've sort of you know moved through the industry i mean you've seen people and maybe there still are people who use paper or you know spreadsheets to keep track of this stuff uh or you know sort of built their own you know software with excel or or, you know or or some other kind of way Um, you know obviously there's there's better ways to do it but how have you know I mean, I imagine you've seen some interesting stuff over the years as you've you know gone through uh, talking to people. Absolutely, it's it's even even today it's not uncommon for companies that are sizable, successful companies to have uh, stuff they still track in Excel or Access, which is Microsoft's version of a database. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those systems. It's just the problem becomes you know, who programmed that in Excel and who was, you know, who was, you know, versatile enough in Excel to put in the macros, put in all the right formulas, put in all the right things uh, to do what you need to do to keep your program compliant. But there's no doubt that those, you know, we just talked to somebody that was using, you know, Microsoft Outlook for their scheduling, using Excel for keeping track of things, using Word to create procedures. You can do that. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is it just there's a, there's a lot of additional 
steps associated with meeting the regulatory requirements. You're supposed to audit your lockout tagouts. For instance, uh, you're supposed to keep revision history if you're trying to get ISO compliance. Uh, all those things become very difficult when you're doing it in a spreadsheet or or on paper and, you know, keeping your MSDS documents. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in plants where they'd have eight linear feet of three ring binders up on a big shelf. That's, that's their, You know, and that's all their SDSs. And, and you realize you got to keep that easily available to multiple employee groups. That's almost like a, a half a person full time just to, you know, run around and update right. six different locations in the plant that you keep those paper documents located. And is that just sort of, you know, this way has always worked, so we're going to stick with it kind of thing, you know, or, or just, you know, don't, they don't trust technology so much or, you know, what is that, you know, is that just an old mindset? No, I think a lot of it is you don't know what you don't know. You know, unless somebody has presented you that or you've seen it somewhere else, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that there's a better way. And and until you get a chance to look at that better way or, or see somebody tells you that that's a better way, you go to some association meeting and find out, hey, you know, this and, and it's not just our software. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's plenty of versions of software out there that are that are good pieces of information and they're tools. You know, you put your tools in your toolbox. You wouldn't you wouldn't send an electrician out on a job site without an insulated screwdriver because you'd get shocked. You you know, you don't send your safety people out without tools to be more efficient. Right. Otherwise, it's going to take so many people to do the job. It it won't be efficient either. How hard is it to to move from from those, you know, old systems, whether it's paper or spreadsheets to, uh, you know, a new software system? It's a pretty good sized upfront lift. I mean, you, you think about it, you know, I've been in facilities that would have, you know, a couple thousand lockout tagout procedures and they'd have them all on paper stored in binders. Right. Or the same for SDSs. It's, it's an upfront lift. You gotta, you've gotta pull out all that information into the computer. And oftentimes it also includes putting in some metadata uh, around those, uh, you know, scanned in or, or stored procedures that you're putting in there and that that is an upfront lift, but the beauty is once you get that in there, now when you're looking for something, it literally takes seconds, right? Versus, you know, thumbing through trying to find it. I mean, everything once you get it in there is it takes seconds to find it. Seconds, you know, you set it up to to give you notifications for when things are due to stay in compliance. It'll automatically give you the notification, and it'll start escalating to other people to kind of keep you, you know, keep you honest to make sure you're doing the things you need to do to stay compliant um what does uh what has esg done in terms of uh adding complications to you know sort of keeping track of compliance because esg is such a all-encompassing uh category i mean there's so many things that kind of fall under that 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 need to be tracked and reported to different entities i imagine that's the perfect you know kind of use case for you to get software is just to keep track of all that stuff yeah, ESG is is keeping track of a lot of different things, and and different companies and different people are calling out what ESG means to mm-hmm. to those people. And there's not necessarily a regulatory agency publishing what that you know what those requirements are mm-hmm. at this point. So you know what I say ESG is could be different than what you say ESG is, but there are some commonalities across all of that that I think are going to become something that people are going to want to report on. You know, the sustainability, that's a pretty, 
pretty clear cut thing. People are wanting to reduce their waste. They're wanting to, you know, reduce their energy use. They're just things that, you know, you'd be doing in your own personal life at your house, probably, you know, as you're, as you're trying to manage your household, it's the same kind of thing that, and, and buyers are starting to get, uh, pay attention to those kind of things when they go out and research where they're going to buy their products or their services from. So it is becoming a more and more important thing and getting into people's annual reports, that kind of thing. And, and it's a difficult thing if you don't have a system to try to collect all that information in a, on a regular or real-time basis. It's, it's a, that's a lot of work if you don't have a system to, to collect it for you and report it for an organization, especially as you start getting you know, multiple sites, multiple countries. It, it's very, it becomes very difficult. Right, yeah, different, different regulators, right? So. Well, and even different different units that they're reported in. Yep. I mean, yep. you go to a different, you go to Europe. They're going to report in, you know, in international units, and we're going to report in uh, English units. It's just there's, you know, some people report in horsepower, some people report in watts. You know, the, the, there's lots of different things that you may have to convert to get commonalities as a company to report it on a you know company wide basis. Especially if you're, you know, if you're an international company that has offices in, you know, the U.S. and Europe and anywhere Absolutely. else in the world. You've got to keep track of all those things. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, you know, when you think about how people have, have done, you know, sort of have tracked this kind of information, it's kind of amazing that they didn't use software before, but maybe those kinds of programs weren't always available either. Yeah, it, I, I think a lot of them are relatively new on the marketplace and, and uh, you know, people are, companies are getting pretty, pretty quick about seeing a need and trying to fill it. You know, I think, you know, there's a lot of needs that have been filled out there. You know, people have, been, have had HRIS systems for a long time. They've had financial management systems for a long time. They've had a lot of, you know, a lot of systems out there, but things like ESG, things like EHS, those those programs are relatively new to get focus on automation and focus on, um, you know, helping people get their job done with you know less. Um, you know, as you you know go out and you go to like you said you go to you go to conferences and you you know you talk to people and um, is it a, is it an easier sell these days than it used to be to to kind of sell people on you know this kind of software. I think a lot of people that are getting into management now are, are kind of the millennial generation where they're they're more comfortable with technology and they realize that technology can be used to you know to make their make their lives and their their work life uh, simpler. So I, I do think it is becoming an easier sell. You know, there's there's definitely still people out there that well we like you said we've been doing it this way for thirty years and. Mm -hmm. And nobody's been killed so far, so we must be okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's all a good a good attitude until somebody does get killed. But you right. know, you know, I used to far argue with that with my own father. I've been doing this kind of stuff for thirty years, and I'm still alive. Doesn't mean the next time you do it, you're not going to fall off the ladder. If you're right. up there, right? You know, forty feet in the air, you still could get hurt. Um. Yeah. That's uh, absolutely. Well. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. 
That wraps up episode 145 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time. Thank you.